Welcome back to the Not Rich Yet podcast, where we have discussions on all things money, entrepreneurship, and leadership to help you uncover opportunities to build wealth in ways that are meaningful to you. I'm your host and your financially savvy older sister, Jasmine Sifanen. I have some news. I actually recently graduated um, with my master's degree in behavioral economics. I've been in the program for almost two years, just shy of two years actually, so um, I finished a semester early and it's official. I have my master's degree in that field. So I thought I'd do a grad school oriented episode. Um, One thing that has happened quite a bit over the last few months is I've actually had people I know personally um, from like high school and, you know, college and stuff reach out to me and ask me questions related to career and grad school. Um, I've had that question of, should I go to grad school uh, come up? quite a bit in my conversations with people I know. So I thought I'd do an episode to kind of address some of that because grad school is not at all like undergrad. And it's also a huge, huge time, uh, energy and financial obligation. And sometimes that kind of gets lost in this excitement of, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to earn this other achievement. Um, Don't get me wrong. It is really exciting. And you do feel really good about yourself after you come out on the other end and you have your degree physically in your hands after they mail it to you. Um, But it's important to not overlook those other aspects. Uh, So that's basically what we're going to talk about. And, you know, there's so many reasons why people decide to go to grad school in the first place, right? For some individuals, um, they can actually get a salary increase for going to grad school. Um, and it, it can be something that's highly dependent on your company. Um, sometimes even on your industry, earning additional credentials can increase your salary, but you probably shouldn't pursue grad school unless you know 110% that that will be the case for you. Um, Other people might attend grad school because they're looking to make a career transition. Maybe they studied one thing in undergrad, worked in the field for a little bit, or worked in a different field for a little bit, and realized that in order to do the career they actually want to do, they'll need to study something else. So grad school is often a way that they're able to do that. And along with that, Um, can also come access to a new network of people, right? Like maybe you studied English in undergrad, but now you want to go study business or finance in grad school. That comes with access to a new network of other students who are just like you studying business, going into that business and financial world. That's your new uh, set of connections for your career, your classmates in that sense, could be your potential new co-workers in that new industry. And of course, some people go to grad school because it's just what they're comfortable with, right? Schooling is a really comfortable environment. We've all been in school probably since we were 
three, four, five years old, it's become such a huge part of our identity um, and such a huge factor in our placement in society that going to school is just the comfortable, familiar thing to do. Um, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean that that reason is the best reason for going to grad school. Um, in fact, many people seek going to grad school as a way to delay going into the workforce because they don't know what they want to do or they don't know how to get there. Um, grad school, keep in mind, is very expensive, so it's probably not worth going through um, spending tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars um, just to delay going into the workforce. So when it comes to going to grad school, we mentioned that, you know, there are time uh, obligations, there are energy obligations, um, mental and emotional obligations, but there are also financial obligations to going to grad school. Oftentimes, grad school tuition is way more expensive than undergrad tuition. Um, and it's not just, you know, all about getting in. Um, getting in is only one part of it. You have to be able to pay for what you're studying as well. And I think that in my conversations with a lot of people, um, that was kind of the piece that was always forgotten. Um, and this is a money and business podcast, of course. So we are definitely going to talk about that for a little bit. Um, the financial aspect of attending grad school was actually one thing I kind of considered when I was just starting out, but I definitely could have considered it a little bit more than I actually did. So one of the first things that I tell people is just make sure if you intend to go to grad school, make sure that you are saving for grad school, right? And the crazy thing is whenever I say this to people, I always see such a surprised, shocked look on their faces like, oh, wait, I forgot about that. You know, um, it's probably not a great thing. Uh, you do want to make sure you're as financially prepared for grad school as possible because it can be very costly. Um, you pay, typically tuition is paid by the number of credits you're taken at a specified rate. Um, and you're going to want to know how much your desired university is charging for those um, credits. So make sure you are saving for uh, potentially going to grad school next. And if you are not yet saving for grad school and you think that that's something that you might consider going into a year, two years, three years down the line, now is the best time to start saving some money. Even if you're only able to put away $100 a month, $150 a month, it still can make a difference. It still can help you feel just a little more prepared than you would have otherwise. The next thing you might want to consider when financially preparing is whether or not your employer offers tuition assistance. 
So for individuals who have been in the workforce for a little bit um, before going to grad school, this is one option for funding your studies that you have. Some employers offer tuition assistance to full-time employees. Of course, you're going to want to make sure you double check some of the stipulations around that because some employers offer tuition assistance as a benefit, but maybe you will have had to work at the company for, say, six months or three months or eight months before that benefit actually kicks in and you can actually use it. So you want to make sure you figure out those details um, and see if this is a viable option for funding your master's degree at this time. And if your employer doesn't pay for your master's degree um, in any way, shape or form, you could consider switching jobs and uh, finding an employer who does Um, But again, make sure you're just aware of those stipulations around timing specifically. When will that benefit actually kick in for you? Um, So you can make sure that you're not going to be spreading your finances uh, too thin um, too quickly. You also want to consider if you qualify for any institutional aid from your desired university. So Institutional aid is basically any grants, any scholarships that the university gives to you. And many grad programs do offer scholarships. Um, Sometimes you actually have to just ask. Um, And actually, that was how I got um, a small scholarship from my school. After I had applied and after I had gotten accepted, I asked about scholarships. Specifically, I asked about some merit-based scholarships. And I actually ended up getting a really small one. Um, It was only like $2,000, but it was still a scholarship nonetheless. Um, And yeah, I basically got it simply because I asked what scholarships might be available to me. I didn't even have to submit an application or anything. So it goes to show that sometimes you never know what you can get just by asking questions. But otherwise, you want to make sure you go onto your school's website, take a look at what scholarships they might be offering, see which ones you qualify for. There are some scholarships that are geared directly toward um, first-year grad students, so you can only qualify for those as a new incoming grad student. So you want to make sure you can take advantage of as many as possible. Um, Some may be really low lift and may not require much of anything from you. Others may be higher lift and may require an essay. Um, I remember last year I submitted an application for one scholarship um, that did require a pretty hefty essay. Um, I didn't get it, but at least I tried. Uh, One thing that I was always told in undergrad when it came to scholarships was sometimes you might win a scholarship simply for being the only person who submitted an application. So don't be afraid to put in a little bit of work to submit an application for a scholarship because it can really make a difference for many individuals. 
Aside from that, you can also see if your university offers any tuition discounts. So tuition discounts, I feel, were a little more uh, common during the pandemic when many students had no choice but to start taking classes off campus, right? Everyone had to be removed from campus and going online was the only way that they could continue their schooling. Um, And I remember at that time, many students felt like they shouldn't have to pay the full tuition um, for their university, seeing as they're unable to take advantage of the on-campus resources that they were initially promised in their tuition. So at that time, tuition discounts became really, really popular. And um, I also kind of started my grad program at that time too, right around the same time. So I did ask for a tuition discount. And I remember um, reading on my school's website that tuition discounts were really available to um, students who were veterans or had some sort of military affiliation with the school. They could qualify for um a small discount on the uh, rate per credit. Um, I do not have any military affiliation, so I actually asked my school's admission um, counselor about possible tuition rate reductions. Um, And what she told me was, and this, this may not be the case for every school, this is just what the case was for me at my school, Um, But basically, she told me to fill out my FAFSA and to tell her uh, and submit documentation of what FAFSA estimates to be my expected contribution for the program. And based off of that number, I could potentially qualify for a small tuition rate reduction. So that could be another thing you explore when it comes to preparing financially for your grad school program. Um, You do have to fill out FAFSA for that, most likely, like I did. But I wouldn't rule that out until you've actually double-checked with your university. Um, Again, this is just another example of how you never know what answer you could get uh, just from asking a simple question. Then you'll also want to consider whether or not you plan to work while you take classes. Uh, Working can really offset, you know, some of the costs since you're earning an income and maybe you want to use some of that income to pay your tuition. It can be especially handy if you still live at home and don't pay rent, don't pay for any bills, you can use some of the money you earn from your full-time job or your part-time job or even your side hustle um, to pay your tuition bills. And I know that that's kind of best case scenario. I know there are so many people out there who are, you know, paying rent, maybe paying a mortgage and attending grad school. Um, In that case, Maybe it's possible for you to use any pay raises, any salary increases that you receive toward um, paying tuition. But attending, or rather, 
working some sort of job, earning some sort of income while you attend grad school can help you either pay the tuition or still continue to reach some of your other financial goals while you continue to study. So I know it's super hard. That's basically what I did for the last two years. I was working full time while um, attending grad school full time. And I have to say there were definitely some times when, you know, I would come home, be ready to just, you know, sit back, watch TV or something. And then I would remember, oh, I have to do this discussion post or great. I have this essay due tomorrow night that I have to finish. And during those times, it would just be so annoying. It's like I was coming home expecting to just relax or something. And it's like, boom, you actually have an assignment to do. So it can be really hard to juggle both at times. But um, as someone who kind of came out on the other side of it, I don't regret working full-time while going to grad school full-time because working full-time allowed me to continue saving money, to continue investing my money, and to continue making progress towards the other financial goals that I have. So for me, it was extremely important to not lose any time and not lose any traction on any of those goals. And it's going to be different for everybody, right? Everyone's different. Your priorities may be very different from what I thought were my priorities at the time. Maybe for you, you prefer to um, have that downtime, to have more wiggle room in your day-to-day for relaxing. That's something to consider when deciding whether or not to work while you attend grad school. But for me, it was definitely worth it. And then, last but not least, we have to talk about loans since we're talking about school and tuition. So the primary way you can get loans is through FAFSA, by filling out the FAFSA form. Grad students are eligible for federal student loans. You'll just be subjected to a slightly higher interest rate compared to Um, the rates you received as an undergraduate student. Um, One thing to note, federal grants are not available to grad students. So your um, financial aid offer letter is going to consist of primarily student loans. Uh, You can accept the student loans if you want um, and if you feel that that is the best way to fund your education goals or you can decline them. Um, I would just say make sure you have a plan in place if you are accepting those student loans. Make sure you have a plan in place for how you're going to manage that on top of your existing debt. So any other existing debt that you have, maybe it's an auto loan, maybe it's a personal loan, maybe it's credit card debt, maybe it's your mortgage. Um, And also make sure you have a plan in place for how you're going to manage your graduate student loans on top of your undergraduate student loans. Um, And that's actually where so many people end up kind of uh, getting a little bit financially screwed over. Uh, 
they basically have undergraduate student loans and then add on to that balance by going and taking on grad student loans on top of it. I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong. Um, For many people, that uh, taking on additional loans is the most effective way to help them fund what they're trying to do to help them fund their educational goals. So if you've run the numbers, if you've explored your other options, if you've exhausted your other options and you still feel that, yes, taking on those loans will absolutely help you um, reach reach this goal, finish this degree, um, and move on with your career, then you do what you got to do. Um, just make sure you have a plan in place for how you're actually going to manage them and pay the balance down because the money is not free and you do get charged interest um, once you have those loans. So you want to make sure you have a way of keeping them under control so that you're not completely drowning in the debt and you don't feel like your student loan balance is holding you back from achieving your other life goals like buying a house or getting a new car or starting a family or any other life goals that you have. So that's pretty much the rundown um, when it comes to having that financial conversation about grad school. I think that grad school is very worth it for some individuals, right? But I do think that my biggest piece of advice um, concerning any aspect of continuing your education just has to be to be very discerning about the decisions you do make around grad school. Um, I know it can be a very attractive route, especially when you're at a crossroads or you just don't really, you know, know what you want to do next or you have that lifelong hunger for learning. If you feel like grad school is maybe not for you, um, I would avoid making a decision because the last thing you want to do is burn through your savings for a degree you don't really care about or take on tens of thousands of dollars more in student loan debt for a degree you have no idea how to use. That's the last thing you want to do. So just be very discerning about whether or not grad school is financially right for you. And on top of that, if you do decide that grad school isn't for you, but you're still somebody who is a lifelong learner and wants to continue feeling like you have that um, experience of continuing to learn different things, there are other options you can pursue. For one, uh, sites like Coursera and Udemy offer a ton of college-level classes from different universities that you can take. Um, And that could also be a really good way of experimenting with a certain type of course to see if you're actually genuinely interested in the subject matter. So for instance, 
if you think you might be really interested in studying finance more in depth, but you're not sure if you're ready to spend thousands of dollars on an MBA or a degree in finance, go on Coursera, take a few um, finance courses ranging on uh, different topics and things like that and see how you do. See if you actually like the subject matter. See if it's exactly what you thought it was going to be. Um, and that could be a way to help you continue learning to quench that thirst for wanting to learn new things in an affordable way um, that isn't going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Additionally, if you want to, if, you're, if your main goal with going to grad school is to grow your network, instead of attending grad school to do that, you might seek out some professional organizations um, that are either local to you or maybe there are national organizations that you can be a part of. Many professional organizations are aimed at helping individuals in a certain industry connect with each other, um, gain a more nuanced perspective on the way the industry is developing. And many of them put on both virtual and in-person events. So one organization that I'm actually part of for um, journalism and media is actually called New York Women in Communications. So I subscribe to their newsletter. I can read their blog. You know, there's a member directory so you can connect with other members. And there are both in-person and online events. So I can learn a ton of new things from other women who are in the industry. And I don't even have to pay, you know, dollars dollars $50,000 for a degree to, you know, get some of that learning in. So there are other ways to uh, go about either learning new things or expanding your network if that is your primary reason for attending grad school. And then the other thing is don't be afraid to reach out to people, right? In the same way that my old classmates that I went to high school and college with reached out to me to talk career, get some advice, and ask me questions about grad school, don't be afraid to do that too. Um, If you're interested in a particular grad school degree, you can go on LinkedIn, type in the field of study, and see who pops up as having had that degree. Maybe it's someone who you went to college with for undergrad, or maybe it's someone who you work with who studied this field, or maybe it's even a complete stranger. Um, If that's the case, I would just try to find some sort of uh, common connection. Like maybe they studied your desired degree at one of the universities you're considering. Um, I actually had someone reach out to me on LinkedIn um, in that exact way. They were interested in the behavioral economics program at the school I went to and they reached out and said, hey, I actually applied to the school that you're attending right now for this exact same program. I would love to learn more about what you think of the program. So don't be afraid to connect with people and ask them questions about their field of study. 
Ask them if it's worth it. Ask them what kinds of classes they're taking. Ask them why they decided to study this in the first place. And who knows, maybe some of the answers they give can further persuade you to pursue the degree or maybe you might realize that it's not for you after all. If you've made it this far, I want to take the time to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. As a valuable listener, you definitely inspire and encourage me to keep creating high quality content that helps you reach your goals, which is why the best way to show me that you're getting a lot out of this episode and the show is to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. By doing so, you'll also help other people find this podcast so we can all grow together. The more, the merrier. Please also don't forget to follow along on social media. We are at NotRichYetPod pretty much everywhere. Plus, if you're following us on Instagram, you get to participate in fun, money, and business polls in our Instagram stories daily. I do all the researching, interviewing, recording, and hosting but this podcast couldn't happen without the help of our Not Rich Yet team. This show is produced by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions and edited by Will Tarashuk, the founder of Willie T Productions and the founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. I'm your host, Jasmine Suknanen, and I'll catch you in the next episode.